We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, August 14th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Today, my Rotowire colleague, Kevin Payne, um, doing lots of DFS, always. Um, Kevin, thanks, man. This is good. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're doing this together for the first time. Um, we've talked elsewhere. I want to start where you are, which is in Buffalo. Bill's offense, uh, I talked about this on Friday in the pocket. Literally, when I talked about it with Mike Selfino on Friday, it was right after it happened. So we were kind of like, um, Sammy Watkins, I don't know, wide receiver 17? Sure, whatever. You know, it was, it was a very quick reaction. Tell me what happens with the Bill's offense. Give me winners and losers on the Bill's offense. Um, gosh, that's a good question. Well, first of all, I think overall – um, it's going to be, we're going to, it's going to take some, uh, time to see how this trade works out for Buffalo. Now, Jordan Matthews already goes ahead, gets hurt today. The bills are already calling it week to week, but for me, it seems like we're probably not going to see him for a month. Um, what was that so, fractured sternum? Was that what I saw? Yeah. Like a chipped sternum, which really? is something interesting. Now, most of the times that I'm not an athletic trainer or anything, but 
I see something like that, and I'm thinking four to six weeks usually for it to fully heal. And what's really going to hurt Tyrod is not only did he lose Sammy Watkins now and was trying to build rapport with Jordan Matthews, is they lost all this practice time. So he's not out there. He's not. They're not figuring each other out and working together. So when he comes back, it's going to be this brand new wide receiver. It's not a guy that he played with last year or anything like that. So I think the big winner here might be LaShawn McCoy. Now, Taking a look at this coaching staff, Rick Dennison, who's the offensive coordinator, comes over from Denver. He was in the Gary Kubiak tree. Gary Kubiak was in the Mike Shanahan tree. So if you own LaShawn McCoy, you know that their focus is going to be running the football. I think some, some people might be a little bit concerned with Rex Ryan ground and pound and all that. Well, they're gone now. Maybe they'll throw the ball more. No, I don't think so. I think you're going to see a, this is going to be a good boost for LaShawn McCoy and his value. Jonathan Williams is an interesting sleeper as well. He's the backup. He looked very good in their preseason game. Um, so he's a guy that can make an impact, especially, obviously, if something ever happened to McCoy. So uh, I don't know. Zay Jones is very intriguing. Even with this trade, you know, he could be the guy that gets the most targets in this offense. He's a huge receiver. He's a bigger red zone target than Sammy Watkins even was. And I, they really brought him in to be that second guy who Buffalo really hasn't had in a long time. I mean, Robert Woods has kind of filled that role the last few years. And has he really been anything to get excited about? Not really. So I'm going to say LaShawn McCoy is the biggest winner on this. And probably the biggest loser is going to be probably Tyrod just because of the fact that he doesn't have Sammy Watkins, even though Watkins has been there intermittently. And now with this Jordan Matthews, you've got somebody else on the depth chart gets moved up a spot. So uh, Tyrod probably gets hurt the most between the trade and, and what happened today to Jordan Matthews. All right. Yeah, Tyrod, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people I've talked to have have found Tyrod to be an underrated guy throughout the preseason. And now, you know, it's too bad. I, I, I think we're all a little disappointed in this turn of events for Tyrod. Um, so McCoy last year, 284 touches, more or less or about the same? Um, I think about the same. Okay. I, I would pencil him in 272, 90. That sounds about right to me. I, I don't think he's going to get suddenly a huge workload or anything like that, or they're going to take carries away from him. So as long as he's healthy and out there, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And Anquan Bolden is never going away, is he, for fantasy he, owners? He is, he is not. He just fixed the mode like Larry Fitzgerald of that old, boring veteran type. Uh, I was looking up some information on a guy we're going to talk about later from the Detroit Lions, but Anquan Bolden led the Detroit Tigers or Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Lions last season in touchdown receptions, believe it or not. So this is a guy, though, I thought initially when they signed him, they were bringing him in to kind of mentor Watkins, go ahead and mentor Zay Jones, one of the more physical wide receivers. And, and the one trivia question I love asking people about Anquan Bolden, and I'll ask you, John. Do you know what position he played at Florida State for his final bowl game as a senior? Uh, so it's not tight end would be too obvious, I guess, or something. Right. So what is it? Quarterback. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. It was like they just ran fly patterns and he threw the ball as far down the field as he could. The first stringer, somebody got hurt. Then somebody got suspended and sent home. And he was the, like the third or fourth string quarterback and had to fill that role. They got they got trounced. They lost by double digit points, but it was fun to watch. Nice. Well, yeah. Uh, so Anquan Bolden last year, we, we keep thinking he's going to go away and he's 36 years old. And last year, 67 catches. At 8.7 yards per catch. <laughs> and, and if he finally signed with the Bills, you go, oh, maybe he's going to be third or fourth receiver. And there goes Sammy Watkins and Matthews is hurt. And now Anquan Bolden has a job again, and he's going to probably catch a lot of passes, just like always. Yeah. Yes, and he, he's a great, great possession receiver. He's yeah. a guy that I don't mind seeing on the field, third down in the slot, and go ahead and find a soft spot in the defense, sit back and get that first down. Yep, I'm with you. Red zone. Why, why wouldn't you throw to him in the red zone if you were Tyrod Taylor? I would. 
Exactly, exactly. All right, everybody. Uh, we would like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, you want to catch us on Twitter. Kevin is at Casey Payne. Casey Payne, right? Um, Casey Payne 26. Casey Payne 26. That was a typo on my part. Sorry about that. Um, I'm at jhalpin37. You can also check us out. You can tweet us at rotowire or you can get player updates or tweet us at rotowire NFL and you can check us out on Facebook anytime you want. Um, all right, some news beyond Buffalo. First, um, so Friday, I mentioned Friday, everything kind of, I, I do these prepared notes beforehand Friday, and as I mentioned on Friday, it, it all blew up an hour before we started recording. And the other reason it blew up was Ezekiel Elliott. So with the weekend to digest the Ezekiel Elliott news, first of all, how much do you factor in, and I guess is going to, where you rank him is going to tell us this, how much do you factor in the possibility of an appeal? Um, gosh, I think you have to, because it almost seems like these things always get reduced no matter what. Um, but you know, there's also the chance that they go ahead and, and they save this till the off. See, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios that could play out that six games is not going to be what he actually serves. Um, so it's interesting though, because I was looking at a lot of the high stakes leagues, people are still taking him late second round. He's not getting out of that second round. So if you want him, you are going to have to take him in the middle of the second round, I believe. Uh, for me, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get him. I, I'm just. I'm going to be risk adverse here and assume that he's going to get the six games. And with fantasy football, I tell people all the time: your goal is to make the playoffs. Um, just because anything can happen then, and you, you can be, you can get unlucky. Any team can beat anybody in the playoffs, but you got to get to the playoffs. So if you're zero and six, or one and five, or two and four, you're going to have an uphill battle if you go ahead and have Ezekiel Elliott on your team. So um, I'm not going to take him until the middle of the third to fourth round, probably, which means I'm not going to get him. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to have second round. That's crazy. You can't do with, with the current status. You can't risk that. You're, you're basically getting to the second round and taking, making a giant roll of the dice here. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just, I'm not going to do that. We're, we're, you know, a lot of my strategy this year that I've kind of revamped is to stay away from guys who have suspension issues, stay away from guys who are injured. I'm just going to be really risk adverse in all the drafts I do this football season. All right. Did you see with the high stakes leagues, did you happen to notice where McFadden was going? I did not. Um, This is the sense though, that I think it does make sense to go ahead and handcuff. Usually I'm very, anti-handcuff, you know, take a backup on another team. So that way, at some point during the season, you may have two starters from different teams. But I think this makes sense to go ahead and handcuff him. And if I had to guess, gosh, rounds eight through 10, if you want to make sure to get them. But I guess it does make sense to go ahead and have them. I really believe that this is going to turn into a situation like with D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell last season, where they just went ahead and ran D'Angelo Williams into the ground. I mean, why not? It's only going to be probably four to six games. Just go ahead and let him carry the ball as many times as he can. That offensive line is so good, John. I, I, you know, I wonder if you and I could, you know, run the football and get four yards per carry. I really think they're that good. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with handcuffing and taking McFadden. As I said, probably rounds eight through ten. Is, is going to be where you need to take him, I think, to uh, make sure you get him. All right. He is sneaking up in MFLs, and the highest I see him taking is 57th, which is round five. See, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that if you try to handcuff, you're going to have to jump in in round six. Or yeah, something. yeah. Knowing that, hearing that, yeah, I would definitely agree. And it's probably just going to kind of go up is the, the more time that goes by and we don't hear anything about appeal or a reduction of the, of the suspension. All right. 
Um, let's move on. The Colts played on Sunday. Colts played the Lions on Sunday. Uh, Jim Irsay and, and the GM both talked about Andrew Luck. Jim Irsay, quote, I can't say that Luck will be ready for the opening game, but he will be ready for the start of the season he is throwing. Um, <laughs> he won't be ready for the opening game, but he'll be ready for the start of the season. Thank you very much, Jim Irsay, for clarifying that for us. What, what do we do with that? Um, you know, we've already dropped him. Now our rankings, we had him fourth. Now we've got him seventh. I, I just, I, he's another guy. I'm just going to be risk adverse and, you know, I, I'm not going to take him. I'm not going to have him. Somebody else will go ahead and gamble on him a lot earlier than I am. So he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Does that mean he's 100%? Does that mean he's got the zip on the ball he had last season? And when I look at a shoulder injury for a quarterback, like I've never heard of like minor shoulder surgery. It all seems to be major. So we don't know that he's going to be the same player. We don't know that he's going to be healthy. We don't know that he's going to be starting. I, there's just too many question marks here for me. So he's another guy. I'm just going to go ahead and be risk adverse with coming in with this injury and coming. I should say coming off the injury. I'm just not going to have him anywhere. I, I just don't trust that he's going to be okay. And it's too bad because I really like the price of Dante Moncrief this season, a little bit of a bigger guy than T Y Hilton. I thought that this might be his breakout season if Andrew Luck was hundred percent, but now he's uh, you got to drop him and T Y Hilton as well. All right. Yeah, I don't want any part of luck either. And I think he'll probably be fine. But when the owner says, I'm not sure he'll play the first game, I don't know. I, that just freaks me out. I mean, the, Pan- the Panthers, Cam Newton has, has a shoulder issue, too. The Panthers seem to be saying they've been very open about the, the fact that, you know, well, they're not promising anything, but they're, they're being cautious. And yeah, and they've always been very upfront, I think, compared to most of the teams in the leagues about their injury. And it just seems that he's Cam is way further along than Andrew Luck. In my mind, there's not a doubt I would take Cam Newton over Andrew Luck at this point. Um, you know, the, but as I said, they've always been pretty honest with it. And they've had him sit out of practice or two here or there, but at least he's throwing the football on a semi-regular basis. So I'm okay with Cam right now where we've got him ranked. Okay. The last one, um, Jordan Reed. He came down. I, I always I, I say to the other, the fantasy football analyst mafia in Charlotte that we should have a, a greeting committee at the airport for foot injuries because they all come see Dr. Anderson here. Everybody does. And Jordan Reed did with his toe. Jordan Reed says he hopes to return next week. So concussion issues not creeping up again yet. But now his toe is keeping him out for a lot of camp. Does this when you look at Jordan Reed, we we price his injury risk in when we rank him generally at this point. Because he's been a shaky proposition for whoever's owned him. But do you hear an injury like this? This toe injury could be minor for all we know. But do you hear this about Jordan Reed and do you go, another one? Do I have to deal with this again? I guess what else is wrong with this guy now? I, I mean, is there a straw that breaks the camel's back at some point? Even though that might be an overreaction, the, the, he, seeing this toe injury for him is different than it would be for another guy, right? Uh, yes, it definitely would be. It's just another red flag to put in his cap. And, and I've been a Jordan Reed apologist. I've owned him knowing the injury risk going into the season. Not anymore. Um, we've got him ranked fourth right now. To me, that's way too high. Um, I've had him more in the seven to 10 range among tight ends. But, you know, it's sad, though, because this guy has showed us how capable he can be out there on the field and what a fantasy stud he can be. So this is a little bit uh, just another red flag for him. And he's another guy I'm just not going to own everywhere. I'm not going to take the injury risk that's associated with him. And as you said, this is another situation we got to worry about on top of the concussion. And unless I've missed something, you need to play on your feet. So (laughs) this toe injury probably isn't going away anytime soon. All right. Jordan Reed, uh, ADP is 49th. So Kevin says, no, thank you. It sounds like, 
All right, everybody, we got to thank, as always, our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to feel the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, where there's no such thing as an excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play, easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. You can sign up today, rotowire.com slash yahoo. Download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk that your league can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience lets you draft, trade, comb waiver options right on your phone. Gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage Yahoo. Sorry, where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football, rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football, feel the wins. I've got my, Kevin, I got my first Yahoo draft next week, I think. Uh, I had one last week. Uh, Love the software. Love the get up there. Uh, Draft ran smoothly. No bugs. No nothing. I really like their format and how they got everything set up. Yep, I agree. So uh, everybody check out rotowire.com slash Yahoo to sign up for Yahoo Fantasy Football right now. All right, um, preseason week one, we're done. Are you a, a preseason football watcher? Um, I will not now, though. I will watch when we get to game four for each team. Um, just because I think too many things are up in the air. We don't know what the roles are. We're watching guys who may or may not have a role at some time this year, but it seems like you never really, most of these guys, you're never going to really come on your fantasy radar. So as I said, probably games three and four, I'll go ahead and pay a little bit more attention to. All right. I, w- I want to go through a few things from the week. So I think there are some things I generally don't watch them closely, but some usage wise, there's some things maybe you can pick up. I want to just talk about a few and see what you think of these players. Uh, first of all, um, Kenny got, is it, are we, I've heard, Galladay or Galladay? Kenny Galladay. Do you know which one in particular? Because I, I literally heard it twice within the same touchdown highlight from the two different lines announcers. I think it's Galladay, but right. I could be wrong. Because one – well, I heard the play-by-play guy say Galladay, and then the color guy said Galladay. I went, all right, guys, thanks. I don't know what to do there. But two touchdowns against the Colts on Sunday. Um, Galladay, who uh, my friend J.J. Zacharyson from Number, Number Fire has nicknamed Babytron. I, I like to throw that one out there. Um, what do you think? I mean, they don't have a, they picked him in the third round. They don't have a stud at wide receiver. I'm not saying you should go, Hey, go draft this guy in the sixth round. That's not what I mean. But as a late round kind of dart throw, um, there's a path here, right? Yes, there definitely is. Um, the the pride of Northern Illinois is Kenny Galladay. Um, and I do like, I, that did catch, come on my radar. So I I said to myself, I got to take a look at this guy and see what he's about. And he, uh, young baby Megatron or whatever, that's very suitable for this guy because he's six foot four, two ten. Uh, he's going to put on a little bit more weight as he gets older, as his career goes on. So he's a huge red zone target that they don't really have outside of Eric Ebron. And he's capable of making some big plays. He put up huge numbers at Northern Illinois, had over a thousand yards, his junior and senior seasons in each one of those. And also had had caught 18 touchdown passes. So uh, there are some good players out of that Mac. You know, there was a guy, I think his name was Randy Moss that came from there. So curious to see what he can do, but he definitely came on my radar. This reminds me a little bit of a few years ago, there was a kid named Chris Ivory who got a huge touchdown run in one of the preseason games. All of a sudden came onto my radar now as he exploded to be a top 20. But he's running back of the league, not really, but he has had his points where he's been fantasy relevant. So uh, that kind of w- what it reminded me a little bit of. Kenny Galladay, ADP 170 in MFL leagues right now since uh, August 1st. So it, on the average, I mean, maybe he's rising right now. 
but you can still get them pretty late. Okay. Seattle running backs. Um, Seattle played Sunday night. First team offense, best as best we can tell in a preseason game. Thomas Rawls gets the run over Eddie Lacy. Um, for all the people who are drafting Eddie Lacy as a flexi type, should they stop? That's a good question. I wish I knew what the Seahawks thought of him. I wish I knew if, uh, you know, they think he's out of shape and they really like Rawls. Um, it's a situation that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to touch. It's somebody else who's out there is going to like Rawls or Eddie Lacy or CJ Procise a little bit more than me. And I have no problem taking Procise in one of the later rounds. I actually think he might be a little bit better than Rawls. Yes. I past pass catching abilities there with him. Uh, so it's just one of those situations where I look and I'm like, Okay, you could, it feels like a lottery ticket situation where one of those guys is probably going to emerge and get the lion's share of carries. But if I had to say for certain right now, I, I couldn't say for certain right now which guy I think it's going to be. I mean, they did bring in Lacey, so that would say to me, well, are they going to give him first crack? Although Pete Carroll's the type of guy who goes ahead and will play the best players. Um, we've seen that happen in the past. Russell Wilson's the best example where he doesn't care who they sign or what they have. He's going to put the best players he feels can get the job done on the field. So that could be Rawls right now. OK, I, I'm a Rawls guy. I, I, here's the thing. I'm more, I like Rawls. I love Procise. I'm with you on that. Um, I like Rawls, but I hate Lacey. I just, he's a guy I never own, especially with all the – and I always think if I'm going to miss out and maybe this is the year that – the weight issues are behind him, then fine. Then I'll miss. But he's just always, I mean, everything I read about, it's always about a weight clause. And, you know, hey, everybody, look, you got another $50,000 for a weight, whatever it is. He's just always, I always feel like he's a risk. And even if he last year with the P90X, I said, you know, okay, let's see how long this lasts. And it didn't. I can't, I can't trust him. Something else to think about with him, too. Do you ever wonder how much playing with Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line helped him? Yeah, I'm curious to see. I've got Ty Montgomery, a ton of shares of him. But I think we're going to get to see that playing with a quarterback of that caliber and being able to go out and pick your spots and have a defense that's playing a step or two back does wonders for the running back. So I wonder if that plays. And we'll figure that out this year, too, although he's got another good quarterback who's a scrambler and a good offensive line. But I just wonder if uh, that situation was very ideal for him in Green Bay when he did have his success on the field. I think you're probably right. By the way, in ADP via ADP here, Rawls going about four rounds later than Lacey and Procise actually going ahead of Rawls. So um, I, this is this is a PPR format, which makes sense for Procise, because I think we we both think Procise is probably going to catch a bunch of passes, which neither Lacey nor Rawls is going to be able to do. Um, the Raiders played on is it Saturday or Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Oh, no, it was Saturday. And I'm, I'm Marshawn Lynch didn't play. Now, I am a Marshawn Lynch skeptic. This year, I think the cost is too high for a guy who's basically missed the last two years or missed a year and a half. He wasn't very good in 2015, didn't play in 2016. He's 31 years old. I've said over and over and I won't bore everybody again. I'm out now because I'm out. It makes me want to bet on one of the other Raider running backs, but it's not an easy decision. You know, there's two guys who could factor in here. Um, First blood Saturday night. DeAndre Washington starts it off over Jalen Richard. Do you think we should read much into that or maybe it's a rotation? Uh, I was leaning Washington beforehand and that got me excited, but maybe I need to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, let's see what happens next game yeah. um, because spelling them last year, you know, it, they kind of shared time, it felt like. 
So I'm not really sure which guy I like better right now. Um, they're both the exact same size. They're both 5'8", about 205, 210. So it's not like one guy's a little bit bigger and he might be able to handle, you know, the first and second down work where the other guy, you know, uh, is a little bit of a smaller statue and not be able to do that. So let's wait one more game, see how they handle the rotation there. But honestly, I would think it would be some sort of timeshare. I don't know that they favor one guy more than the other. I mean, maybe they will. Uh, but right now, I, I, not neither one of them I'm, I'm jumping on. But it is a nice guy to have because I agree with you that I'm not. I don't own any shares of Lynch. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm just a little bit skeptical, like you as well. Okay, uh, the last guy, another guy I've been out on is Joe Mixon, just <laughs> based on the cost. And Joe Mixon, uh, last week there was a report um, from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Someone basically saying, you know, well, Jeremy Hill could first it was Jeremy Hill might play more than you think. And then it was, well, Jeremy Hill could start all year. <laughs> well, so I, I think that might be an overreaction because I think Mixon is probably a better player. Jeremy Hill is a mediocre player. And I think we have reason to believe that Mixon will be better. I don't know that that means he'll get the ball all the time and Hill won't get it on the goal line. With all that said, are you on the Mixon train or not? Mixon uh, uh, in his first preseason game, by the way. Six for 31, but looked really good. Yeah, uh, I am not on a mixing train, and I, I actually think that we're in the minority here. I'm not going to deny that this kid's very talented. I've watched him play. I, he's got the pedigree. Everything says that he's going to be a star in this league. My problem with him is this. You've got Jeremy Hill. Let's say Jeremy Hill is the starter at the beginning of the season and gets the ball on first down, second down. Gio Bernard is an excellent pass catcher. I got to think that he's going to get some third down work as well. What if Jeremy Hill's the goal line back? Then that means Mixon's going to get not going to get a ton of touchdowns. What if Mixon doesn't know the pass protection and playbook as well as the other two, which I doubt he does being a rookie. Those are both two very important issues for rookie running backs to be able to do. So all those things just say to me, I'm not going to take them. And it's crazy. I saw him go in a high stakes league, his highest ADP, late second round. Yeah. Uh, people are taking third, fourth round. I think usually he's going in the fourth. Um, no, thanks. I'm out. I, I just there's too many question marks. You've got two veterans there that know the offense better than them that could get the goal line work and that could get the third down work. So I'm out on Joe Mixon. All right. Um, for an opposite view of Joe Mixon, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network on Twitter today. We talked about a David Johnson comp before the draft. Looked like him at this level, too, uh, with some Le'Veon Bell-type patience as well. So he just compared uh, Joe Mixon to the top two fantasy running backs and possibly the top two running backs in the league. So there you go. There's a, there's a different opinion from us. All right, everybody. Has your fantasy team ever caught the injury bug and it cost your shot at winning the league's prizes to vanish? It's happened to me. It's going to happen to Marshawn Lynch owners. Don't you worry. If so, look no further than Assurance, the leader in fantasy sports insurance. Their insurance coverage can save your league's investments with policies as low as $4 a season. You can even receive 20% off coverage this season using the promo code ROTOWIRE during the month of August. It's easy. Just visit RotoAssurance.com where you choose your sport what coverage you want, your league's entry fee, and then you can choose the players you want to insure. Don't lose your money this season due to injury and protect your team at rotoassurance.com. Um, so is Jordan Reed at the top of the list of players we'd insure at Rotoassurance, Kevin? <laughs> he might be. Yep, I, I think so. Him and Andrew Luck. It's, it's Andrew Luck. Roethlisberger, I think. Um, what running backs get hurt all the time? Got to think about that. I think late. Could you ensure Eddie Lacy missing a weigh-in or failing a weigh-in? Oh, that'd be interesting. I yeah, can call I, Road Assurance and see if that qualifies as an insurance-related <laughs> matter. 
<laughs> yeah, no, definitely could. Definitely could. There's definitely guys who are on that injury list. We actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea, to, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, to come up with a list of guys that, you know, are, are injured. So you literally have a list of guys and what they've had in the past and why you should be worried about taking them when you go to your draft. Yeah, I wonder, seriously, I got to check out the, the, the detail on road assurance of are, are some guys at a higher premium? Like is Jordan Reed at a higher premium to insure for your Roto team than let's say Greg Olson who plays every single week? All right, yeah. Roto Assurance, so, I'm going to be in touch about this to find out. I'll check your website because I probably should know this, but I don't right now, but I will. Everybody, again, rotoassurance.com. Thanks for sponsoring everybody. All right, um, wide receivers. I want to talk about some wide receivers that I kind of don't know what to do with. I mean, I have them ranked. I'm looking at my rankings and I have them ranked because I have to put them somewhere. But I'm, I look at the ranking and I, some rankings I look at and I go, Maybe I'm being a little too generous, and sometimes I say maybe I'm being a little too harsh. And these guys that I'm about to talk about, I look at and I go, I, I don't know. I guess, maybe, sure, whatever. Um, the first one's Martavis Bryant. Now I have him low at 34. But I don't, he's the third option on the offense. I don't trust that he's going to be there all year because who the heck knows what can happen to him. Um, Roethlisberger hopefully stays healthy. Uh, what, what, what's your take on Martavis Bryant? Are you in on the breakout or are you sort of more skeptical? I'm in on the breakout. Now, I'm thinking about every other guy you brought up to me so far. I said I was out on. I'm definitely in on Martavis Bryant. Uh, and I'll give you a few reasons why. Number one, he's the biggest red zone guy they've got. Now, Antonio Brown's going to get his. We all know that. But at six foot four, he's easily the biggest target Ben's going to have. So, I also like the fact that even though he missed last year, he missed it due to a suspension. He didn't miss it because he tore his ACL and he was rehabbing. He was still around the team. He got to know the playbook a little bit better. He's going to come back, and I think he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder. What I like best about him is – uh, you know, the big playability. I think he's going to be a great GPP play for uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings and all those uh, DFS sites this year just because I think there's going to be those games where he goes four for 150 yards and two touchdowns, something like that. So I am in on the breakout for Matavis Bryant. And the other thing, yes, he is the third option in this offense, but that also means he's going to get single-man coverage and he's going to get the other team's second cornerback, which is going to help him out a lot. Okay, that, that's fair. Um uh, I can see. I mean, the, and the good thing is he's a great – the games he does well, he's going to be you know, five for 170 and a touchdown, which is kind of nice. Yes, um, yes. Michael Crabtree is the next one. I am a little higher than most people, but I look at Crabtree. Yards per catch, not so great. He almost – basically, you are betting against Amari Cooper's improvement if you want to draft Michael Crabtree as a wide receiver too. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think this is about right. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, squabble over. I'd probably have him down to 22, 23, but I'm not going to squabble over 20. I think that's about right. I mean, he's quietly, if you look at his numbers, he's going to get you a thousand yards. He's going to get you seven to nine touchdowns. Um, I wouldn't expect anything more than that unless something happens to Amari Cooper, but those are, you know, respectable numbers. That sounds about right. This is one of the few tandems, I think, in the league that you could take a look at and say, yeah, the number two guy on this offense has a little bit more value than the average number two guy on a different offense. So that sounds about right to me right around uh, wide receiver 2022. 20, OK, do you think that if it's at some point, if Amari's if Amari Cooper is as good as we think he is, I think he's terrific. Doesn't. Wouldn't you think that Derek Carr and the offense coordinator and everything would go, all right, guys, we, we have this, you know, superstar receiver. Maybe we should throw to him in the red zone more often. And if they do, 
then what happens to Crabtree? That's a good question. Um, but we've seen a good rapport so far between Carr and Crabtree. So yeah. I, I don't know that that happens, but I, I 100% agree. Amari Cooper's on another level over Michael Crabtree. Um, I just think Crabtree is one of the better number two guys in the league and probably not really a number one type of guy. So, um, yeah, you'd think they would use Cooper a little bit more. But, you know, he also gets doubled a lot, which is why they go to Crabtree. Uh, but we'll see what they do this year. You know, and it, it, both guys are young between him and Derek Carr. Maybe they'll continue to develop a good rapport, and uh, we'll see Cooper really go nuts. All right, next guy is Stefan Diggs. I have him at wide receiver 23, which is about the consensus. The offense is – I feel like I've talked to a lot of people over the past few weeks – who are saying, you know what, I think the Vikings offense is better than people think. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, I think Sam Bradford's a little bit underrated. He's not um, a top five quarterback in the league, but I think he gets criticized a lot and hasn't played on a lot of good teams. Uh, I think he's got two very good weapons now between Diggs and Adam Thielen. The one thing that I'm a little bit shocked at is that Diggs isn't going that much higher than uh, Thielen is. So I've been grabbing Diggs all over the place. I think he's the guy with a little bit more upside. I'm not denying that Thielen has talent, but I like him a little bit better. Wide receiver 23, that sounds about right uh, for me, for a guy who's basically – hes I wouldn't say he's the number – he's like a number 1A option, I think, as far as the wide receivers go. So I'm curious to see how that kind of uh, – plays out between those two. But I do think that this offense is a little bit better. Uh, I have a ton of shares of Dalvin Cook. Love Dalvin Cook. Was buying him when he was cheap. He's a lot more expensive now. Um, I got him in the, and I'm sure people have talked about the Stobo Law Firm League. Yeah. I got him on a $200 budget. I got him for uh, Dalvin Cook for $18, which I thought was a steal. Um, and especially now with Latavius Murray injury and being banged up. Um, so I do think that this offense is a lot better than probably people are giving them credit for. All right. So t- tell me about it. So the Stobo League, for everybody's background. So that, that's it. You do the draft in Vegas? We do the draft in Vegas the uh, over the All-Star break, which is usually around uh, the beginning of the second week in July. So this was a month ago, basically. Over a month ago. It was five weeks ago, which is extremely early. But if you kind of take a chance like I did on Dalvin Cook, it could pay off for you in a big way. He's actually my flex. I actually got Gillis Lee and Ty Montgomery as my two starting runner backs. And right now, Delvin Cook's going to be my flex, believe it or not. So I, I love having those three guys as my uh, running back core. So is he the guy in that draft that you look now a month a month ahead and say, I, I got him at a pretty, like you just said, you got him at a pretty good rate there. Yeah, I want to say, I think it was the Rotowire had their stake league auction last week. And I feel like with the $200 budget, he went for $35 to put that in perspective. <laughs> so literally double the price that he was five weeks ago, just with Latavius Murray, all his injuries and uh, Dalvin Cook playing very, very good football so far. Is there anybody in that league you got that you kind of look now and go, oh, wow, I overpaid? Um, I don't think so, because the highest I went was $30 on Jameis Winston and $30 on Ty Montgomery. Gillisley was the first player brought up. I got him for 21 I thought that was a really good deal. So I, I didn't spend a lot. I didn't overspend on anybody. I didn't go for a David Johnson and spend 50 or $60. I just went pretty much middle of the line with it being a 14-team league that starts two tight ends, two quarterbacks, three, uh, uh, three wide receivers. I just didn't want to pay up for a guy. I wanted it to be kind of an even keel uh, draft where I kind of spent a, a moderate amount of money on each guy. Okay. The last guy I want to talk about is Brandon Marshall. And I think my confusion with Brandon Marshall is not, it's not that I don't know where to put him so much as 
I know where I want to put him, and I feel like everybody's telling me I'm wrong. I have Brandon Marshall as the 44th wide receiver. I look and I go, there's a 32-year-old receiver who didn't do too much last year. I know there were circumstances, bad quarterback, injuries, whatever. Um, he's the second target on a team that does, and he, he's, they've got Beckham, obviously, who's the alpha. Sterling Shepard's there. He's going to catch a decent number of passes. They drafted Engram. He should catch a decent number of passes. They, they have Shane Vereen. He should catch a decent number of passes. I look at Brandon Marshall. I think it's possible that he's close, that he's really on the downside. Not certain, but possible. And I think there are a lot of mouths to feed there beyond Beckham for, for, for sort of second fiddle. And I look and I go, I don't get why people, I feel like a lot of people are looking toward this, you know, hey, he's going to bounce back and catch a bunch of touchdowns. What, what do you think of Brandon Marshall? I think he should be a little bit higher than 44. I like him a little bit better. Um, yeah, he's not going to be the number one guy anymore. But as the number two guy, again, going to see softer coverage, going to see man coverage. You're talking about a guy that's been double teamed a lot throughout his career. Uh, the age thing is a little bit of a something to me, but... Um, you know, he's got Eli throwing him the ball too. I, I can see a path where he gets a thousand yards and eight to 10 touchdowns this season. Um, Evan Ingram, he's going to have to compete with him too for targets, but, and I hear what you're saying. I'm a little bit higher on him. I, I think that he very well could be in for a bounce back season. All right. That's funny. T- related note. I, I grew up uh, a Giants fan. And my dad, you know, my dad's 83 and he's still he's he's a religious fan. And he, he my dad was at the Alan Amici game in 1958 and had season tickets for 30 years. You know, he's one of those. He's a he's a lifer. And I'm talking to him. And he's going, I'm watching TV and people think the Giants are a Super Bowl contender. And we're both going, what? I, how are they going to score? I don't get I know Brandon Marshall maybe makes it look to what you're saying. Maybe he makes them better. I don't know. Do you their offense was not good last year. and I'm not sure I see why it should be any better. You, Eli's. If Eli can cut down on the interceptions, of course, you got to remember though that's still a good defense. If there's one reason, one thing that I would point out though, to me, that's the toughest division in football, the NFC East, because all those clubs. I mean, who's really the favorite to go ahead and and win this season, especially now with the Ezekiel Elliott suspension? You all, all those teams are good. If Carson Wentz takes the next step, the Eagles are going to be good. Washington's already good, and Dallas is already good. So it's going to be tough for the Giants just having to play those six games on their schedule. Uh, But I'm a little bit more optimistic than you, I think. I think the defense is still very good. They were good last year. And uh, if Eli can cut down on the interceptions, he's got some weapons out there. I mean, they went out and signed Marshall. They drafted Ingram. And if uh, Paul Perkins plays a little bit better, I think the, you know, I don't know that the running game can be much worse than what it was last year. No, it can't. Absolutely not. So, um, and also another related, as a Giants fan, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, that's a shame. Oh, well, anyway. Um, Everybody, we recommend that you go to fantasysportsmarkets.com. Fantasy Sports Markets has the best DFS contests available with cash awards and big bonus prizes every day. As always with Fantasy Sports Markets, no salary caps. You can play Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard if you so choose. I have a feeling you might be disappointed if you did that, though. Draft who you want on your roster. Try the free-to-enter preseason football contest. The prize is a copy of Madden 18. Register today. Enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to get $15 in promotional credit toward your contest entries available to all U.S. residents. Go to fantasysportsmarkets.com today. All right. I'm putting you on the spot here. Late rounders that you are targeting. Um, quarterback, Kevin, go. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going really late. I've been getting a lot of Jameis Winston, Mariota in the middle rounds. But if I'm going to go real late, I'm going to go with Eli Manning. Um, as I said, if he cuts down, he's got two more weapons. We just talked about it because I had already written it down uh, even before we got into that, that last uh, that last segment talking about the Giants. Um, I really think he could be in for a career year this year. Um, as I said, those games are going to be pretty competitive, and he'll still be throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, I think. So uh, I'm going to say Eli Manning if you're looking for a late-round uh, late sleeper. Uh, I really think that he could be in for a career year as long as he goes out, as I said, and cuts down a little bit on those interceptions. All right. Eli, right now in MFL, is going as the 18th quarterback, 128th overall. That's uh, behind him, let's see, Tyrod, Deshaun Watson at number 20. Holy moly. Um, Palmer, yeah, I think th- I think he's better than the guys behind him. All right. Uh, uh, Eli or Andy Dalton? Eli. Okay. Last one, Eli or Phillip Rivers? Oh gosh! Right, probably Philip Rivers, but it's it's closer, I think, than uh, most people would say. All right, yeah, Rivers is going about a round and a half higher than Eli. All right, uh, who's your who's your favorite late round running back? I've cheated a little bit here. He's more like a mid round guy, but I still don't see why people aren't grabbing Mike Gillisley uh, earlier than seven, eight, nine rounds. Um, again, like I said back in the beginning of July, when I, I it's not that. Uh, you know, things were – I was taking a huge chance. I assumed that this guy was going to be the starter. Uh, they did bring in Rex Burkhead, so he's going to be there as well. And I just look at those numbers like LeGarrette Blount like, leaves behind. 299 carries, 18 rushing touchdowns. Do I expect Gillis Lee to get that? No, but he's also – I believe Blunt had something like nine catches. I think I can see a, a path where Gillis Lee catches that swing pass out of the backfield from Brady for 30 or 40, and that's going to add to the value, obviously. Can he get to 10 touchdowns and 1,000 rushing yards and you know maybe, as you said, 30 to 40 catches for three to 400 yards? Absolutely. So I still don't understand why he's not going up higher. I did see that um, – with the, the rankings on Yahoo last week when I did it, I think they had him looking like he was going in the third round. But as I said, I've seen too many drafts. Sixth, seventh, eighth round seems way too late for me. Okay. Um, do you think, by related note on the Patriots, Deion Lewis played a lot. He started the first preseason game. There were some people speculating that they played him to showcase him. Are you buying that? They might have. They might have, or he could be on his, uh, you know, final days as a Patriot, and they're trying to make that determination and don't want to make a mistake before cutting him. Uh, so that very well could be. I mean, they just they totally revamped this backfield. So I have a feeling they weren't happy with the running game this year and thought that they could make a big improvement by bringing over Gillisley, by signing Rex Burkhead to, to give him two different options. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not going to be a Patriot after the preseason. Okay, what do you think of one of, one of the guys I've been looking at? We were talking earlier, Jeremy Hill. I know we're both not on Mixon. I still think, I mean, some sort of timeshare there seems likely, but Jeremy Hill in round 13? That sounds pretty yeah, that's, yeah, that seems a little bit too late, especially uh, you're looking at PPR rankings, though. I was going to say, I am. Not PPR, you can boost him up a little bit because you know he's not going to catch many passes, but uh, could he get you seven, eight, nine hundred rushing yards and uh, towards 10 touchdowns? Absolutely. I could totally see a path to that. This is still a very good offense. And if he wins the goal line work, which wouldn't surprise me if they go ahead and trust a veteran, a veteran rather than Joe Mixon, uh, there's definitely a clear path to that. All right. Uh, wide receiver besides Babytron, uh, who we talked about earlier. What do you, what do you got? 
Uh, my favorite guy that I've been grabbing, and you can grab him really late, 10th, 11th, 12th rounds. People seem to be forgetting about the situation for the Jets. Robbie Anderson. <laughs> um, now that Quincy Anun was done, looks Josh McCown. I know he's the quarterback. I understand that. Uh, he's another guy that needs to go. We need to ask Roto Insurance about because you know the concussion's coming sooner or later. <laughs> right. Uh, but well, I'm, I love Robbie Anderson. This guy's got elite speed. I'm trying to rethink. I think he ran a four three six at the combine, uh, and we saw flashes of that last season. And at the end of the day, the Jets are going to lose a lot of games. They're going to be thrown in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a lot of garbage time production. But as fantasy owners, we really don't care. Um, that we just want the, whatever numbers are at the end of the game. All right. So, all right. Are we going like, before? I don't want to ruin the surprise, but at tight end, are we going to go? Are we going to use the same team or not? Uh, no, we're not. All right. So then, Robbie Anderson. I totally get the Robbie Anderson logic. What about Austin Safarian Jenkins? Definitely could definitely be there. Good red zone target. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with having him as a guy and, uh, we've got him ranked. What is it? Uh, 19th overall. Uh, maybe that's not high enough. Just given the fact that he might see a lot of volume, more volume than your average tight end, just given the, the limited receiving options, the Dutch are going to have this season. You know, it's funny. I, I was talking in two conversations with, I think the two people brought it up were Scott Pianowski and Mike Selfino. We talked about receivers targets and, the, the, the basic, the, the crux of the argument both guys made when I, let's say I brought up a guy like Willie Sneed and I went, well, the second guy, maybe he only gets this many targets. And I said, but they're, but they're really high value targets. The J- Robbie Anderson's and Austin Sperry and Jenkins targets will be pretty low value targets, but there's going to be a lot of them. There have to be because someone's got to get the ball, like you said. So yeah, I don't know that both, both of those guys, I think are really interesting just because someone's, someone's going to have to catch Seven or eight touchdowns there. They have to. Um, Bilal Powell can't get a dump off every play, I guess. All right, uh, tight end. Not Austin Safari Jenkins. Who you got? Um, Austin Hooper. Yeah. Uh, this kid had a great pedigree coming out of college. Uh, right now, he's go, we've got him ranked, I think, 22nd amongst tight ends. This is still going to be an offense that's going to give up points. They're going to score a lot of points. And, you know, it, a lot of it are these players and the coaches and the quarterbacks, everybody, they're all going to say good things about the other players on the team. But it seems like Matt Ryan's really gone out of his way to say how good Hooper has been and how much he's grown. Another year of learning this offense and getting it down. And we know, uh, you know, we know that Matty Ice loves to go to his tight end. So uh, I really like Austin Hooper a lot as a sleeper and a guy that you could take really late. Yeah, I, he's one. I, fe- I feel like the stock is rising here. I, I, you, you are not the only person to bring Austin Hooper up to me. I'm looking at ADP 17th. Um, could I, I, some improvement there? He's, he's one of those guys. I feel like his name is ringing in my head right now because I've been hearing it a lot. So I'm glad you brought him up because I think that's a name. If everybody's been listening a lot lately, um, you're starting to get the feeling that a lot of smart people like Austin Hooper. All right, everybody. Listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Kevin, what, what are you going to be working on all season, and what are you working on in the short term for RotoWire? Yeah, right now, um, two different DFS articles I've been doing. Tuesdays and Thursdays, those come out. I've been doing the daily blog on Tuesdays as well, just uh, the training camp blogs, which let you know. Uh, kind of condensed version of t- what the news, big news headlines from the day. And during the season, uh, the two more, 
two most important things that I do. Every Monday I do the waiver wire column that'll be up on Tuesday morning, making suggestions, telling you how much of your free agent budget you should be using to go out and pick up guys off the waiver wire. Can't stress enough how important the waiver wire is for fantasy football if you're new to it. And then every Friday I'll have the FanDuel uh, DFS column going ahead and highlighting guys that I like for that week uh, coming out every Friday under the daily content. Are the, are the FanDuel prices for week one out yet? Uh, yeah, actually, I believe they are. I believe uh, on all the sites, I think just about all of them by now have it. And FanDuel even increased one of their contests. They had a $6 contest that was going to have $2 million in prizes. They increased it to $4 million with the top prize overall being $1 million. And I believe it's only $7 to enter that. You're going to set my lineups every week, right? yeah sure i gotta worry about my own (laughs) you know how about this every week you do the lineups and then and then what i'll do is i'll say all right give me the give me the lineup that you were really thinking about using and was the last cut and i'll take it and i'll give you 10 percent. my problem in the past is i'll write these guys up and not use them i'll (laughs) use like two or three of them and ignore the rest and those guys will be the ones that go off right yeah who said that guy was gonna have a good week oh me I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kevin, thanks a lot, man. Uh, I appreciate yeah. it. Everybody, thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming on Tuesday. So please come on back then. Lots more help for your fantasy football draft. For Kevin Payne, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.